Glory be to God. Scripture says that, that we would be given a crown. But when we see Jesus, we're going to take our crowns and throw it at his feet. Because the story really is that the way we made it over is because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Nobody but Jesus. Nobody but him. Our testimony is he held me. He brought me. He kept me. He washed me. He fixed me. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but nobody but nobody but Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank the worshipers for leading us in the worship. The presentation that you saw for our anniversary was done by our media team, and that will come back after I pray. After I do the last prayer, it will come back in case you missed it. Amen. Happy anniversary, new mission. Hallelujah. 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 Let's, 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 let's preach. This is the 18th sermon out of the 23rd Psalm. We are looking at verse 6. Hallelujah. Out of the Amplified. And this is what it says in our hearing. It says, Surely our only goodness and mercy and his unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life and through the lift of my days and the Lord and his presence shall be with me in his dwelling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The classic reads a little bit different than the Amplified. The Amplified says, and in the house and in the presence of the Lord. Amen. The purpose that I want to preach to you today is this. Living out Christ, living out Christ in life, in your life on purpose, being intentional about it. Father, even now as we come, just give wisdom. Lord, just give understanding. Lord, pour out Pour out, pour out. Lord, just pour out. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm looking at David, and I'm asking the question, what made David the man that he became? He, he has an epitaph on his on his tombstone to say that God wrote that he is a man after my heart. Then it also goes on to say that he fulfilled his purpose in the will of God in his generation. Hallelujah. But my question is, if, if somebody is going to write an appetite over your life when you die, what would it say? If God was to write the appetite, what would be his saying of you and I as we live our life? Or have we wasted our life? 
What set David apart? What made him through life difficulty, through the journey of life, what made him that he chased God in such a way that God speaks highly of him? Listen, not perfect, but chasing. He messed up big time, but he loved God. What is it that David kept coming back on track? What is it that, that is this, this essence in him that he can say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life? Listen, and my, and my days are not over yet. I don't know what's going to come before me. I don't know what's going to happen, but I, 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 I know God. I know his goodness. His mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Listen, he's not saying life will be good. He's saying God will be good. Many times we got it wrong. We expect life to, to, to be good. We, we expect circumstances to be good. Can, can I share with you that, 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 that if the Lord hands is on you, even in negative circumstances, you can still feel the goodness, the love, the assurance of God in a messed up situation. I, I think that there needs to be a shift in our perspective. I, I think that we need to determine what are you looking for? What are you expecting? Many of us want life to be the yellow brick road. Listen, can, can I help you? You're not home yet. The devil is the small G God of this world because Adam gave it to him. We are just passing through as being representatives and ambassadors of God in a foreign land that is not our own. Hallelujah. And, and, and what should be the objective of our lives is to live out our life in Christ so that people can see God in us. I'm afraid that for many of us, our goal and purpose in life does not add up to God's goal and purpose. We have a suckler. Uh, view, a worldly view, and not a godly view. Did you know that God called you and saved you, and you have a purpose, you have a destiny, and that God wants your life to be in his hands, and if your life is in his hands, he will do more with your life than what you can imagine. What, 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 I, what I'm learning is, is that, that many of us these are all the things in life. We want to pick and choose what we give him. The cup is your life. And, and many times what we want, it, it's, it's God, God showed me, he said, listen, your life is either in your hands or you put it in my hands. If you put your life in my hands, God's hands, then everything concerning your life, he will order he will orchestrate. He will work it together for good. If you got it in your hands, then the end results is in your hands. 
and then, 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 then it's going to turn out the way you, you, you won't like it this way. Matter of fact, as long as it's in your hands, my hands is off of it. And many of us as Christians want both hands. But it's not both hands, it's one or the other. So let me ask you, whose hands is your life in? Who have you given control to? Do you trust God's heart? What I realize is this. It's not entrusting my heart. It's not entrusting your heart. It's trusting his heart. No matter what life throws at us, what God is trying to get us to is that we trust his heart. Not circumstances, not people, not events, not what has happened. Listen, you're living in a fallen world with fallen people, with a fallen devil. So you're going to go through hell. But God, who's still in control, but God, who still will orchestrate your life through all the ups and downs, he will bless you, he will watch over you, he will see about you in all of life. In all of life. Proverbs 3, verse 3 and 8 says this. He says, do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. You know what he's saying? There are certain elements you need to put in your integrity. Hallelujah. Mercy and kindness is how you treat others. Truth is that you stand on who God is and his character. You can't tell me you trust God and you act like the devil. You can't tell me that you can treat people any old way and, and, and you're walking hand in hand with the Lord. Listen, God either got us or he don't. And when God got your heart, he'll make his love flow through you. He says, guard it. He says, he says, bind it. He says, put it in your heart. He said, and you will be highly esteemed by God. Listen, the character of God ought to be flowing through us. Many of us, we are task-oriented and not living in Christ-oriented. Task is, look what I have done. Christ-oriented is, look what Christ has done in me then through me. I didn't do it, but he has made me the person that I am. I'm not what I used to be. Glory be to God. He has changed me. Listen, not task-oriented, heart-oriented in Christ because you take on the heart of Christ. It reads on to say, to trust in, rely, be confident in, on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. I understand. Know what God's saying? Don't try to figure this out. 
Don't, 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 try, don't try to second guess me. Don't, don't try to, 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 when God got you someplace and it don't feel good. I know I'm talking to somebody. When you don't like where he has you, but you know you're right where he wants you to be, but your circumstances don't look good, don't feel good, and, and you're ready to quit, you're ready to throw in the towel. You know what God said? He said, don't, don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge, submit. Listen, anybody can submit on top of the mountain. David said, can you submit in the valley? Can you follow him? Can you trust him? Can you trust him when you don't see him? Oh, sometimes God will want to know, can you trust him with the last thing he said when he's not saying anything now? <laughs> can, you, can you trust him when you can't see him? Can you stay on path when it looks like he's, it's getting darker it's stormy, it's raining. Listen, in your Christian journey, the whole goal of the matter is that God is working on the inside so the Holy Spirit can flow on the outside so your life can be a blessing. You know what I realized? You can't fake Jesus. You can try to imitate, but if the Holy Spirit don't got control of your emotions and your character. You know, sooner or later, you can only fake it so long. There is a presence about Jesus on his children. There's an anointing that comes with him. Many times you don't even know he's working through you, and he would be working through you because it's not you, it's the anointing. Is walking in the Holy Spirit, and he is orchestrating. There was this thing on TV about God was sending this God text and telling him to meet people. Now, God won't send you a text, but as you live life, God will send folks your way. God will make somebody start talking to you. And many of us, we're not available. We're not accessible. We don't want to be bothered, but, but guess what? Christ was not in a building. When you see his life, he is menacing the people as he just walked along the way. And folks came to him. Is folks, can God send people to you? I mean, not on schedule. I mean, I mean when you're busy trying to do your own thing. Can, can God interrupt your plans because he got another plan? When you're living for Christ, things just happen. When you start the day, Lord, I'm available today. Lord, use me today. Lord, fill me with you and let me be your representation. David is talking about a journey, and as he journeyed through life, things just happened. People was touched by him. By the time he got to his destiny to be king, folks was already saying God's hands is on him. There, 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 there is an anointing and 
favor that folks will see on you and know that you're God's child. You don't have to ask it. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to brag about yourself. Matter of fact, if your eyes are on you, you're looking in the wrong direction anyway. Your eyes got to be on Christ. Listen, you keep your eyes on him because that's who you're chasing. David chased after him. God, 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 God is up to something. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is up to something. And what I realized, he don't have to show you what he's up to. He don't have to show you. Psalms 37, 4 and 5 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and then he will give you the desires of your heart. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, if you set your sights on me, I will bring out of you what I put in you before the foundation of the world. He said, can nobody bring it out but me because I'm the one who put it in you. But if you're chasing everything else, I'm going to let you keep on chasing until you find out you're chasing the wrong thing. So, so guess what? So, so watch this. Watch this. Let, me, let me explain this. I know I don't have much time. I got to explain. He said, I have put the desire in you for me to satisfy you and that you will be satisfied doing what I put in you. But, but the way, but said, his desires become your desires because he put it in your spirit before you was born. But you won't discover it until he uncovers it as you chase him. So now you become what you was created to be because all the superficial stuff is moved out the way and God then tapped into what he has created you to be. So now you are doing what you've been created to do and you're satisfied doing it because God then tapped into your spirit. David wasn't just king when he was 15, he was born to be king. But in his chasing, he discovered he was called to be king. What is God showing you? Says, Let me bring this New Testament. Allow me to show you this whole principle, New Testament. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 24. Romans chapter 8, verse 24. It says, for we were saved in this hope or expectation, but expectation that is not, is, is seen is not really expected. He said, if you already got it, why are you hoping for it? And remember, this is a godly hope, so it is an expectation on a promise. It's an expectation in Christ. It's something that you can't see yet. But in your spirit, you know it's yours. God has given you a promise to hold on to. And though you don't see how he's going to do it, in your spirit, you know he's up to something. And, and watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. And as you are chasing him, he'll give you handfuls of promise to increase your hope and expectation and encourage you as you run away. Hallelujah. 
there. Matter of fact, you see him working things for you, and it can't be nobody but God. You can't tell me chasing after God don't have his benefits. Oh, you might cry sometimes, but God will bless you till he makes you laugh. You cry and laugh on this journey. You cry because the circumstances is hard. But when God shows up with a handful, he'll make you laugh and say, ain't my God bad. Ain't my God awesome. Ain't my God. Listen, God wants you to praise him on the journey so he'll keep on dropping things. He'll keep on making a way that you can't help but praise him. He's drawing us closer to himself. Not religion, my brothers and sisters. It's relationship. Listen, can't nobody do you like Jesus. His presence, his love. He says, watch this, let's look at his goal. He said, I will work all things together. That's the good and bad. That's your mistakes. That's other people's evil plan. That's situations that you can't control. That's pandemic. That's Trump-demic. That's whatever-demic. God says, I am in the midst of your life. I am ordering your steps. Do you believe that God's in control of your life? Do you believe that, that God can work around whatever Satan throws at you? Isaiah said that, yeah, that the weapon will be, will be made, will be formed, but it shall not prosper. We are covered. God will bless your hardship, become a blessing for you. Joseph had a a, a, a godly vision that when he saw his brothers, he said, you meant it for evil. But God was in the background all the time to get me down here in Egypt. Well, let me tell you what God would do. When God brings you to a certain place, you will look back at that which you hated and thank God that you went through that because it brought you and made you who you are now. Oh, uh, y'all don't hear me. If I had not been through what I've been through, I would not be the person that I am now. I would not know the principles that I know now. It was my hardship that taught me my God is good. It was my hardship that taught me he's in my trouble with me. It was my hardship that taught me he's working it out for my good. It was my hardship. It's your hardship. He says, what's he says, he says, he says, he says, he says in verse 30, he says, I, I, I called you, I predestined you, I called you, I justify you. Listen to what God says. God says, God says, before you was born, before the beginning, I already called you. If I called you before the beginning, I predestined you. I have already set up your victory no matter what you're facing right now. Don't pay attention to the present because the present is temporary. He said that I already got it worked out. So I'm telling you, don't look at what you at, what's happening. 
happening. Look beyond that and look at me. Know that I still have the last move. Know that I'm going to move things out the way. I'm going to orchestrate something. I'm going to open some doors. I'm going to close some doors. Why? Because I got a purpose for you. If I justified you and took away your sins and it can't be brought back up, I not only took away your past sin, your present sin, and your future, it's because I got a purpose for you and can't nobody stop you but you. Then he says, I have already glorified you. You just don't see it yet. It ain't manifest yet. But the glory, when Jesus died on the cross and got up, when he went to heaven, he sat down. You know what it means that he sat down? It's finished. It's over. He already won this thing. So why are we fretting? Just because you don't see it don't mean it's, it's not. Just because you don't feel it yet don't mean it's not true. You have to begin to walk in your spirit to a place that you know that God is working on you. He's, he's, he's molding, he's shaping, he's fixing. Well, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, it's Jesus. No matter how you cut it, it's him. How can we be ambassadors as 2 Corinthians chapter 5 if you don't have a story to tell? Not only are you ambassadors by what you say, it's about who you are. Philippians chapter 2 says that it is him in us working to do to cultivate of his good desire, of his delight. Matter of fact, he says, I am working on your will to do my will. I'm not even depending on you to will, but I'm working on your will to do my will. There's two wills in you. There's your natural will, but there's my godly will. And I am working at my godly will, will subdue your natural will. So I'm working it out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He said, he said, why? Because you're living in a world that is negative, that is dark, that is crooked. Listen, and I'm not going to fix the world, but I'm going to fix you in the world. He said, said, you're looking for things to get better on the outside, but I'm waiting for your light to get brighter on the, on the outside. He said, I, I, I'm going to show up in you till you become my change agent. You're going to be the picture of my mercy, the picture of my love, so that when folks run into you, they smell me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder today, is there anybody in here that looks like Jesus? See, the word Christian means little Christ. Did I see some Christ in you? And it flows against the culture. It flows against who, who, 
who the world says we are. But you ought to let him unclose your natural being. And you ought to put on Jesus. Because the more you put on Jesus, the more your light is going to shine in darkness. There ought to be some light shining today. The worse the world gets, the more we ought to shine. That folks will see his masterpiece in you and I as we walk, listen, as we walk every day. See, some of us only light up when we get to church. Maybe that's why God shut the church down for a little bit. Because we was flicking our lights to one another when we need to be flicking our lights. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Listen, I'm almost finished now. He's calling us to be more like him. He's calling us to have a change of attitude, a change of direction. Now that Philippians chapter 2.14 says, don't murmur, don't complain against God. You know what he's saying? He said, many of us are complaining of the situation we're in, so therefore, we don't understand what God's up to, and as long as you're complaining about what he got you in, then your light won't shine. When you have faith in him, you may cry to him, but you don't complain much. You may say, Lord, when are you going to change my situation? Lord, listen, you either pray in faith or pray in doubt. When you pray in faith, you may say, I don't like it. Lord, I want you to change me. But at the end of the day, I trust you. I love you. All that I got is you. Lord Jesus, you're my everything. You're my peace. You're my joy. You're my soul satisfaction. Lord, I can't make it without you. So, Lord, as long as I got you, as long as I got you, then I don't care about nothing else because you're the best thing that ever happened to me. When David says, surely goodness and mercy, he said, Lord, I know you got me. I know I'm wrapped with you. I know I'm caught up in you. Lord, it's you. Lord, it's you. Lord, it's you. Do you know him? Have you accepted him? 